I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level and the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of HR Coffee Time. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach and outplacement specialist, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. I've made this podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. And since starting the podcast, I've had several listeners get in touch to ask if I'd create an episode about succeeding in a new, more senior role, which is why I've created this one. But you may have noticed that I haven't released any new episodes for the podcast over the past couple of weeks, which isn't really like me. It's for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I've been welcoming and onboarding several new coaches onto the Bright Sky team, which has been wonderful, but keeping me very busy, while I've also been doing my own coaching work at the same time. But the main reason is that starting a new leadership role is such a massive topic that I've spent ages overthinking this. I've spent ages and ages researching it, thinking about it, drafting and redrafting the plan for this episode. And in the end, I've realized that the best thing to do is to split the topic up so that I don't end up creating an episode that is hours and hours long and would take ages to listen to. I'm beginning to realise why people have written entire books on this subject. So this first episode is going to cover off four key things that will help you set yourself up for success in your new HR leadership role. Then in the next solo episode that I record, I'll share a framework that I've created for you to use when you're settling into your new role. And at the moment, I'm calling the framework the five Ps, but I'm still finalising it, so it may end up with a new name. We'll see. I'm also hoping to create other episodes to help. 
including one on creating your first 90 day plan for your new job, but let's see how things go. Excitedly, I just talked to a possible guest this morning and hopefully she is going to be coming on the show within the next couple of months to talk about how to succeed when you're promoted internally. So this episode mainly focuses on how to succeed when you walk into a new role in a new organisation as an HR leader. I don't really spend time talking about what if your HR leadership role is as a result of a promotion. So I'm quite excited that hopefully this guest, who I know really well and she's fantastic, is going to record that future episode for us. The first thing I'm going to suggest to you may or may not surprise you. I want you to think about and commit to actions that will help you protect your well-being and mental health when you start this new role. Because starting a new job at any level can be stressful, but it can be particularly so when you're going in at a senior level into a leadership role. So rather than just hoping you can push on through the stress, find some ways to alleviate it and to weave self-care into your days. It really is just so important because I've seen so many people, including myself, burn out from the pressures of work at various points that... I don't want this to happen to you. And as with anything, there's no perfect answer for this. It's all about finding whatever works for you and that you're going to find most useful. Examples of what could help are things like speaking to your partner or family and asking for more support at home or with childcare perhaps while you settle into your new role if you have got a busy home life. Or it might mean taking a walk at lunchtime or making a commitment to yourself to go to bed early regularly or to switch off the computer at a set time each day and turn off your phone. If you find self-care particularly challenging, then hop back and listen to episode 10 of the podcast, which was Tackling Stress and Building Resilience with guest Adele Stickland. And that has got lots of other ideas to help you with this as well. The second thing that I would like you to think about is pre-boarding and onboarding. Now, pre-boarding is all the activities that you can do before starting your new role. You may be lucky to be joining an organisation where a really structured and helpful onboarding process is in place, but often this doesn't happen or it's a bit patchy. And that can mean that your first few days or first few weeks can feel a bit chaotic while you try to figure everything out and start settling into your new role. So it's a great idea to take things into your own hands and start getting things organised for when you start. One of the first things that is going to be helpful for you to think about is how you're going to introduce yourself to everyone in the organisation. Now, the introduction may already have been done for you, so it's always worth asking to see what, if any, introduction has been shared already and what kind of format that was in. So has an email gone out? Has there been a meeting? What is it that people know? Because your team and your new colleagues may have a huge range of feelings about you before you've even started, whether they've met you already or not. And that means it's a good idea to start putting the groundwork in place to build relationships with them straight away. You may have people who are nervous about their job security. What if you come in and make changes to the team straight away? You may have people who are resentful because they applied for your job, but they didn't get it. So they're a bit annoyed that you're there. 
You might have people who are excited to think of a positive thing because they think you're going to be a breath of fresh air or give them the development opportunities that they've been desperate for. It's impossible to predict how everyone's going to be feeling. So send them a warm, welcoming email that introduces yourself. You don't need to cram it full of all your achievements, just a top line overview of your previous experience is fine. Instead, it can be a really good idea to focus on saying that you're looking forward to joining the team, to getting to know them and to learn from them. Hopefully that's going to put people's minds at rest that you're not just going to come in and tell them everything they've been doing is wrong or insist on making changes when you haven't had time to get to know them and get to know the company really well. You can share a little bit about your private life if you'd like to so that you come across as a real person rather than a scary corporate robot. <laughs> so feel free to mention any hobbies or family you may have and let them know that you'll be setting up some time with all of them individually to meet them, but that they can always get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to talk to you about anything. Because if you haven't been in a leadership role before, one thing you're probably going to realise very quickly is actually people stop telling you the truth about stuff because they want to impress you, they want you to think well of them, so they can be nervous about telling you how they really feel or giving you really crucial information or constructive feedback. So I think anything you can do to show that you are approachable, that you do take feedback on board, that you don't go bananas if someone tries to give you constructive criticism, that's really important because that's only going to help you to be a great leader going forward. And then start doing more research into the organisation and the people in it. If you have time while you're wrapping up your previous job or you've got a break between your old job and your new job, you can start to set up some initial chats with key people within the organisation so that you can start really learning about its culture, its people and its services. You want to get yourself as prepared as possible. My third piece of advice is around getting a sense check. Because in your new HR leadership role, you want to create or ideally co-create with your team a mission and vision for what you want to achieve collectively as a team for the organisation. One that your whole team is invested in so that you're working together, pulling in the same direction instead of having people going off trying to do their own thing or being really unclear as to what's actually important and what isn't. A compelling vision and mission can be really reassuring and inspiring to everyone it's shared with and you probably won't have one when you first start the role and that's absolutely fine <laughs> unless the organisation is in crisis mode and you've been brought in to take really swift action and get things back on track. If that's the case, you may not have the luxury of time to spend tinkering with and finessing your vision and mission. Instead, they're probably going to be centred completely around getting everything back on track. And I always used to feel a bit daunted about the idea of creating a mission and vision. I know in, in previous companies I've worked in, one of my colleagues was tasked with coming up with the company vision and just put it off forever because it felt so impossible. But really, all it means is letting everyone know what you're aiming for with your team for the future, why you're aiming for it, and why it matters. So try not to get too caught up on those words, mission and vision, that they can feel a bit, oh, I don't know how to do that. Really, if you just focus on, okay, what are we all aiming for for the future? 
why are we aiming for that and why does it matter? You're going to be fine. And for some helpful templates to help you with this, the SHRM, which is the American version of the CIPD, it has some really good templates and it also has some examples of mission and vision statements specifically for HR that you might find useful, just for a helpful starting point. And instead of reading them all out, I will link to them in the show notes for you. If you're not sure where the show notes are, they are on my website underneath the episode that you're listening to now. If you're listening on a phone, then all you have to do is tap on the episode and by scrolling down, you'll see that there's lots of text underneath the play button and all of that text there, the show notes. So there are links that are going to help you and there are also a short summary about what this episode covers. And those templates are available completely for free. I only started using the SHRM for resources a few months ago, but I have to say I've been really impressed by them and I've ended up joining so I can access all of their member resources, not just the ones that are free for everybody. So I definitely recommend going and taking a look at their site if you haven't already. And to get started with even thinking about your vision and mission, it's essential to know what the current strategic priorities are for the organisation. Hopefully they'll have been shared with you during the interview and if they haven't, it's a vital question to ask. What is the CEO and senior leadership team's vision and strategic priorities for the organisation going forward? You need to know this because yours will then feed into and align with them. But of course, the answer you get will depend on the senior leadership team and the size and the culture of the organisation and the situation. If you don't get a very clear answer, don't be too thrown. There are lots of reasons that the team might not have nailed this down themselves. And if this is the case, they're really lucky to have you walking in with this focus. There's a simple framework called the STARS framework that Michael D. Watkins shares in his book, The First 90 Days, Proven Strategies for Getting Up to Speed Faster and Smarter. I think it's a brilliant framework, so I'm just going to share it with you quickly now. STARS is an acronym for the five common situations that leaders may find themselves walking into. S is for startup, T is for turnaround, A is for accelerated growth, R is for realignment, and S is for sustaining success. So if you walk in and there isn't any really clear direction on strategic priorities, figuring out which one of those different acronyms (laughs) matches the organisation can be really helpful at getting your head in the right place for identifying the best strategies to move forward with. The author talks about it in detail in not only the book, but also an article that he wrote for Harvard Business Review, which was called Picking the Right Transition Strategy. And I'll link to that in the show notes for you as well. So that if you want to know a bit more about the STARS framework or dig into this in a bit more detail, you've got that extra resource there. And if the vision, mission and strategy have been shared with you during your interview, it's still a good idea to double check this when you're starting in your new role in case any of it's changed. Because we all know, especially over the past couple of years, just how quickly priorities can change. Also, crucially, check what it is that your boss is expecting from you and wants you to achieve in the role. 
you want to make sure that you're both on the same page. So book in for regular check-ins with them so that you can update them on your progress and get feedback as you settle into your role. And again, of course, with that feedback, you're seeking both the positive stuff and anything constructive on your performance. And I'd say as an absolute minimum, you want to be doing this monthly for your first few months in the role, but ideally it would be more frequently than that. But I know it's not always possible. The fourth tip is to focus on people and products. So the framework that I've put together for you that I mentioned right at the beginning of this episode that I'm calling the five P's at the moment, but that I might change, (laughs) focuses very much on people and products. So this tip here is a bit of an intro to the tool really. And then in the next solo episode, I will do a deep dive into it. I'm basically suggesting that you focus on two main things when you start your new role, people and products. By products, I mean the products and services that the organisation produces, and also the products and services provided by your function, so by your HR or your people team, as well as those of any other key departments, especially the ones that you're likely to have a lot of interaction with. And typically I found for HR that these are often finance and operations because it can be really easy to trip up if you don't know that finance actually expects everyone to be contributing to a certain report that comes out monthly or quarterly because you haven't sat down with someone from the finance team to ask them about what their internal services are, what they'll be giving out and what they need from you. As you and I both know, an organisation's success comes down to its people. Whether the organisation you've joined provides products or services or both, it can't be a success without the people that work there. So it is crucial that you spend time building your understanding of who is who in the organisation, what your immediate team is like, who holds the power for certain decisions and resources, what your peers are like and what your boss is like. Because one slip up that I've seen some new leaders make is that they only focus on building relationships with their boss and their immediate team. So that means they're only really focusing on building relationships upwards and downwards in the organisation. They forget about building relationships horizontally across the organisation because they don't realise the value that that can bring. And also, it's easy to get bogged down. We're all so busy when we start a new role. It can be easy to just focus on the stuff that seems the most important. I would say this is actually a hidden thing that is very important. Because otherwise, what eventually happens is that you might find that when you want to get the go-ahead for certain ideas or you want to progress within the organisation, this can be blocked because you haven't built strong enough networks and relationships with peers. And because of this, you might not have the full picture when it comes to certain decisions. You might be missing out on key pieces of information that you're just unaware of because you haven't been learning from some of the people around you. Or you might just end up not being able to drum up enough support that you need to get ideas through. If you'd like more in-depth tips to help you figure out how to build relationships with people and who it might be a good idea to try to build stronger relationships with, then you're in luck because I recently finished a whole series of episodes about networking. And don't be put off by the word networking, I just mean building relationships. So these episodes are episode 11, 
Networking, the three most important networks for your career. Episode 15, how networking can help your career. Episode 16, how to become more confident about networking. And episode 21, the eight people who will set you up for career success. I'll put links to all of them in the show notes in case you'd like to go back and listen to any of them at this point. And that brings me to the end of today's episode. To quickly summarise everything I covered, there were four key things you can do to help set yourself up for success in your new HR leadership role, which were to number one, protect your well-being, number two, create your own pre-boarding and onboarding activities, number three, get a sense check about strategic priorities, vision and mission, and finally, number four, focusing on people and products. If you decide to put any of the tips into action, I would love to hear about it. Or if you have any other topics you'd like me to cover on the show, please do get in touch to let me know. You can always reach me on LinkedIn and there is a link to connect with me on there in the show notes. Or you can get in touch by dropping me an email at hello at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. Have a great week. And if you've enjoyed the show, please do share it with a friend who you think might like it too. I would love to be able to share these free career tips with even more people. Thank you so much and goodbye for now.